Well, we get to talk about wisdom and knowledge. Isn't that fun? There is a explosion. There's an explosion of knowledge that for centuries it was just sort of rolling along. And if you looked at a graph, you'd see it starting way back in the day and it just kind of crept along and then you get to the about the Industrial Revolution, some of that period of time, 1750, 1850, 1950, and it turns into a hockey stick, and it goes like that. And now we're in the oh, 21st century. Knowledge is just coming hard and fast. And you can find it pretty fast just by Google. Take out your phone. See, they didn't have those either back in 1750. I know. So we've got, we've made this through all of this time, and there's, there's this increase in knowledge, and maybe a question about wisdom, but we've got a lot of knowledge going on, and gathering more and more information. And even with all of that, we can't solve all of our problems, and we can't apparently stop COVID uh, with all the work that's gone into that can't stop cancer it's still raging uh, we still got issues in country from country to country even with all the knowledge but there's still this great need for more and the right kind of knowledge the right kind of wisdom and we're going to take a look at at wisdom and knowledge from a different perspective not not the typical you just go to school and learn this this is going to be from on high. This is going to be from God himself. And it's a, this is going to be a new dimension of what wisdom and knowledge is. But let me take you back. Because there's a battle, and when we get to 1 Corinthians, 1st century in Corinth, that Greek city, that it's in a context. There are things that are going on. There are battles that are being played there. And in order to understand what God is doing when he gives things like wisdom and knowledge to people in his church. So we have God versus the gods. There is God who is on high in the heavens, sitting on his throne, and then there are the gods who are sub-gods, small-g gods, who have taken advantage of human beings for centuries and they are influencing them to worship and follow them in different particular ways and we're going to look at this in first samuel chapter 5 in, in this conflict that's going on there was at that point this is israel so we're backing up even further than the first century to to this time in israel's history when they are dealing with the the philistines now, this always seemed to be dealing with the Philistines. So here they are, they're having an issue, they have a battle, and they decide to take the Ark of the Covenant out to this battle because they think they'll win if they take it out there. God was not with them. They lost the battle, and they lost the, the Ark of the Covenant. The Philistines take this to their temple, the temple of their god, Dagon. So they're thinking in the temple of Dagon, their god is greater than the one true God, the Most High God. They don't recognize him as the Most High. They think at this point, Dagon won the battle. Dagon's got the ark. 
So obviously Dagon is superior. So they leave the Ark of the Covenant inside the temple, and the statue, the idol of Dagon is there. And when they come back the next morning, Dagon has fallen over. Dagon is broken. They stand him back up, super glue some pieces, put him back up where he was. Next next night, overnight, they come back the next morning, smashed again. It just we get the indication from that, and they got it too. Don't mess with the one true God. There is a greater God, and He's saying He's going to take over. And their God is getting smashed. They do all they can to return the ark to the to the people of Israel. Because wherever this ark is, people are breaking out in boils and weird diseases and then tumors, and they don't want them. So they, they, let's send this thing back, because this is bad news for us. What did they find out? There's a battle between the gods. There is one true, most high God, and he is all-powerful. So that's, that's part of the scene, and we need to recognize that there is the most high, and he is dealing with some other entities that exist out there. So we pick this up in 1 Corinthians, and this is 1 Corinthians 12. There's idol worship. That doesn't mean they're laying on a couch and kind of kicking back idol. This is There's an idol image somewhere, and there's a lot of these temples all around Corinth for different gods. And this is what Paul writes to them in 1 Corinthians 12 too. You know that when you were still pagans worshiping these other gods, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. And the, the idol, we're going to take Apollo. He's down the main drag, his temple. And they are worshiping Apollo, who provides, strangely enough, information, knowledge, wisdom. He's the guy who's going to be giving them instructions, guidance, where do we go from here? What do we do? Do we start the business? Do we get married, not married? What, what's next? What do we do? Apollo. And he has these different uh, priests and, and priestesses who are inside the temple, usually high on something, and they will mutter out instructions. The priest will take that and interpret it, write it into a poem sort of response, and then hand it to the person after the donation is made. So then you have this whole circle of worshiping these different gods. Do they provide information? Yeah, at times they, this industry would not exist if it didn't work. So it's all over the world. These, these different gods and goddesses have been worshipped through time because somebody shows up. And in this case, that the, there's an evil spirit behind the scenes, have, playing a part in all of this, giving information. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes it's just somebody's high on something and they just go with that. But they think they're getting this information and they're looking for guidance. You've got to give them credit on that. At least they want to know, you know, is there something else we should do or how should we do it? But they're led astray, according to Paul. Swept along in worshiping speechless idols. And he's talking about these idols that stone carved wood, whatever's standing inside this temple. He's talking about that, not the, not the demon behind it, but that particular item, object, uh, 
doesn't speak. It doesn't do anything. And so he's challenging them with that. He's writing to this church and telling them, that's, that's what you were worshiping. Now you've come to the one true, real God. So what's going to be one of the differences? You're going to be able to hear from him. These are speechless idols. And you come to the one true God, you get to hear from him. So God is the source, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6. He's going to provide us with everything we need. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So this is God, Yahweh, Yeshua, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. This is God at work in all of us, those who are in the church. So got to remember the source, different from Apollo or Athena or any of the other gods and goddesses in the town. Supernatural ability to help others. From 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Remembering that is really helpful for getting a grasp on how these gifts are to work, these manifestations of the Holy Spirit, because it's in order to help other people. It's, it often will help us in a matter of course, but it's not just about us. The, these gifts are given for a reason, and it's for the whole church, so these gifts are divided up and different people have them in order to help the whole. So that's that's a important part of the spiritual gift is given to each of us so everyone's going to get a manifestation. It's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to manifest in some way so that we can help the other people. And then we get to supernatural wisdom and knowledge. That's in verse 8. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice to another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. And you may be familiar with this depending on, on your experience in other, other churches or maybe from uh, some Christian TV programs. There may be someone who will call out the name of a disease or uh, an illness or cancer or leg issue but they'll they'll name something and then they'll say they had a word of knowledge so that's this is the verse and this is that's where they're coming up with that and it typically has to do with an area of healing and those are that's how how that whole thing develops we're probably going to no we're not probably we're going to look at it differently but just so you know, that's the one, that, and that's where this is coming from. So if you've heard that, seen that on TV, experienced it somewhere in a church, that, that's the same thing that we're talking about. We're just going to examine this uh, from this perspective. We are dealing with people searching for truth, guidance, uh, trying to make wise decisions about the issues that are arising and God is providing, manifesting through the Holy Spirit in people the things that they need. And he's providing that in a, in a variety of ways. So he's not like the idols that don't speak. He does speak. He speaks through people. And he's, gonna, he's going to show up in these, in these different ways. So here's wisdom. First uh, Corinthians 12, 8 again. To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. 
So that is supernatural wisdom from the Holy Spirit. So we're talking the one who knows what's coming, what's out here, knows our entire history, knows us as individuals, knows the group that we're in and everyone else's history, who they are, their molecular makeup. He knows all of that. He knows what's coming down the pike, around the corner. He knows what we can't see. He knows what we need. That's the one who has the ability to enter into our lives. So the supernatural wisdom from the Holy Spirit, and he provides a solution to a problem. He's going to provide an answer for a particular event, and he's going to give it to us from his perspective, which is going to be way beyond anything that we can accumulate here, even if we use Google. So this is, this is the real stuff from on high, and he's communicating that, making it available. And we're going to look at a, at a first century early church version of that. Peter and John are fishermen from Galilee. Jesus says, has died, risen. They have, they're, they're now located in Jerusalem. The church has begun. Holy Spirit has come, and empowered them and they are daily going to the temple from wherever this upper room is that they're staying in they go to the temple walk over and they go through a particular gate on their way and in this in these early days of the church all all of the church that existed all the people who are part of it are right there in Jerusalem at this point so that that is the extent of this global thing that's going to take off later, but that's they're all there. They walk into the gate, and as they're going, they're, they're, there's a, a man there who's, who hasn't been able to walk, was born uh, crippled, and he's, he's been there for 40 years, and, and he's, he's asking for money because that's, that's how they survive. Sitting on his blanket, they come by, and uh, let me just back that up. Jesus was with them, went into the temple over and over. Peter and John have been going into the temple with the rest of the church. It says daily, over and over. What are the chances they've gone by this guy before? So why wasn't he healed then? Why wasn't, uh, why wasn't he jumping around when Jesus came by? Why? Why is it? Because there's something about the timing of this particular event that has to happen right here, right now, and they come upon him. What do they know to do? Well, they stop, says uh, Peter stares at him, which is probably that moment when the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of him and he just kind of stops. And then he, he says, well, we don't have any silver or gold. But what we do have, we got Jesus how about you get up? He jumps up. His legs are working. He's never walked before, remember? Ever. His bones, his muscles, his brain knows to tell his body. No physical therapy. Nothing. He's up. He's running around. Leaping, jumping, praising God. He is one excited individual. What happened there? They knew something about him. They could observe. He couldn't walk. They knew he had a need. Typically, the direction this goes is towards, well, there was healing. There was this automatic healing thing, and they just heal everybody. 
Well, if they did, why didn't they heal this guy earlier? Why, why this day? Why, we're down the road a piece here. Because God had something else. There's knowledge, there's wisdom, and this is the exercise of wisdom. So, a solution for a particular, uh, answer to a particular event, solution to a particular problem, and that was it. And he heard from the Holy Spirit, this is the time, now the healing will come. Now. That sets in motion a whole series of events that happen as Peter and John are drugged into the, the council chambers of the leadership of the Jewish religion, the Sanhedrin, and they're questioned about this whole thing, and they don't like it because they did it in Jesus' name, so they want to shut this thing down, and they want to keep their business going, and that's going to interfere with what they are doing. And Peter and John... Not educated. I mean, they've been hanging out with Jesus, and, and they note that. But their responses to the attacks, to the questions, to the criticism that they are given by the highest court in Israel are astounding. And, and they are maddened by the responses they're getting from these two fishermen. Where did these guys come from? And where do they where do they learn to where do they get all this information? To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. The Holy Spirit has given them in that moment exactly what they needed. Jesus said, "If you're brought into court, the Spirit will give you what you need. Don't worry about it. Just go. I got something. Got you covered." Where do you get that kind of information? And how, how do you respond to these guys who are highly trained? They spent years and years and years before they can even take part in this. They're not sitting in there until at least 30 years old. So they've had years to memorize the scriptures, the laws, everything involved in this. And these two fishermen have them tied up in knots because the Holy Spirit has given them wisdom and so they have a solution to a problem. They're dealing with this event, with the healing of the man at the gate. But then they're dealing with this whole religious political explosion that happens as they go into the Sanhedrin and they have to answer to them. And then, and then that sets the ball rolling for there's more. As They're just surprising because God has given them wisdom in that moment. Knowledge. Again, 1 Corinthians 12, 8. To another, the same spirit gives a message, of, a message of special knowledge. So supernatural knowledge from the Holy Spirit, it's going to be information you have that you didn't get in a conventional manner. So not the norm, not the normal way you get things. Know something specific about someone you learned in a non-natural way. So we'll go to the Old Testament for a uh, look at that. So Elisha is a prophet, Old Testament prophet, the follower to uh, the one who followed Elijah. And we find this in 2 Kings 6. And he, he is uh, giving information to the king of Israel about the enemy, the Arameans, and the king of Aram is planning attacks and ways that he can trap the people of Israel or take their cities. He has He's coming up with plans. But as soon as he makes a plan and shares it, 
God tells Elisha what it is, and then Elisha tells the king. So they've got knowledge, and it is upsetting to the king because every time he tries one of his attacks, he's defeated, and he says, somebody here is a traitor. Somebody is betraying us. Somebody is giving out our plans to the people of Israel. And then his officers are saying, no, no, that's not it. There's a prophet over there who has your information. He knows what you say in your bedroom. And he's passing that information on to the king of Israel. So how does Elisha get that information? God is taking information that can't be got. There's no NSA, CIA, no listening devices apart from the one true God who has gathered that information, passed it on, and now the people of Israel can determine how to fight, and they keep winning the battles. So that is another example. It's information that you didn't have, you don't get in a conventional manner, and it, it's fascinating to see that. But there's also knowledge of an individual. Knowledge of an individual, or God will reveal something about someone, information, data, uh, about who they are, what where they are, what they're thinking. It's as you go through the Gospels, you see Jesus using this one all the time, and he just he's in a room, and these guys are thinking certain things, and he answers the questions that's in their head. They haven't spoken them. He just says, he gives them the answer, and that just drives them crazy. But he's able to do that. He calls Nathaniel, and Nathaniel becomes one of his disciples. When he's calling him, he's, he, Philip goes out to get him. He's already talked to Philip. So Philip's on his way to see his friend Nathaniel, and he finds him, and he's under a tree, and the, he has this talk about, uh, we found the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for, and Nathaniel, yeah, really? Yeah, he's from Galilee. Pfft, anything good ever come out of Galilee? And So he's just, he's just uh, skeptical about the whole thing. He's thinking, there, there's just no way... This is the guy, but sure, I'll go with you. Let's go meet him. So they go. When he gets there, this is from John chapter 1, verses 45 to 49. He, he gets him. He, he takes, as they approach Jesus, Jesus says, looking at Nathaniel, here is a genuine son of Israel, a man complete, a man of complete integrity. Verse 48 how do you know about me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. That's creepy. You think, what? You did what? So Nathanael's response, the knowledge has been shared, and it's knowledge about him, knowledge that no one could have had other than God gave it to them. So Nathaniel's response, he's skeptical. We've already covered that. The whole passage deals with him. He's just dragging his feet on this. He hears those words, his response. In verse 49, Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. That's a leap from I don't think so to oh my gosh, because you know me. You know something about me. You know details that no one else could know. And Nathaniel's moved. That's it. He's ready to follow. He's ready to, he recognizes him as the son of God. Right there, right then. Because of the knowledge that's passed on. 
So what do we have? Here's the manifestations of wisdom and knowledge that we're told is available from the Holy Spirit to people within the church, the body of Christ. And as people are walking with Jesus, walking in the Holy Spirit, he's going to provide this particular manifestation. This is going to work through people within the church for the good of the whole, for others, and it's available to the people who are walking with the Lord. So the discovery of the manifestation of wisdom and knowledge. This one is, uh, well, well, we'll cover some of these. Information or a solution comes to mind. So here's, if you're trying to figure out, how, can, how, do, how does this even, how does this work? How do I do this? So this is, this is going to be a, how you can find out if it's working with you. You have information or a solution comes to mind. It's just suddenly there, out of the blue. And, and I want to differentiate this particular gift from uh, more of a natural process or a... a um, sometimes the Lord just helps clear our minds so we come up with solutions. So that, that's, that's there, but this is, gonna, this is beyond that. So a natural one... You, you're troubled, you're, tr- you're anxious about something, you're trying to figure out something at work, you're trying to solve, you know, how am I going to fix this car, how this, this situation isn't going well, and we've got these workers, and this thing's just going sideways. What do we do? You go to bed that night, and somewhere in the night, the resolution comes. You wake up in the morning, you go, oh, there it is. I know what to do. I know how to fix it. So God will use the, the brains that we have and are working through a problem-solving process. And he's built it in. There's a natural part of that, and we need that. And we're told to pursue wisdom and knowledge in the book of Proverbs. It's a good thing for us to do as humans. It's, it's, we all need that. There's always problems that we need to solve. Then we get to this level. And this is available from God when we don't have access to information. He may give it to us in our dreams. He may come into sleep same same way. But suddenly we get something that we could not know. Remember that. We're talking about something that is inaccessible to us. You're not going to Google it and come up with the answer. You're going to get it from God. God provides the information. Then you respond from there, but the solution comes to mind, maybe out of the blue, or like when Peter sees this man who can't walk, and he just stops, and in that moment, it's like the Lord just is downloading, giving him information. So information or solution comes to mind. Uh, an image or feeling emerges, another aspect of this, and maybe a sense of of what needs to be done is not clearly like you don't hear from God in words, but you have an image of something that needs to be done or it gives you a way of understanding the next step, the process, and and maybe what's around the corner, what's um, in the case that I've heard of a, a, a brain surgeon who has all the techniques and all the uh, technical equipment available to him in these modern days, which helps. But he says, the Lord will tell him and give him a specific spot 
in a brain in a place that he needs to operate. And he said, because not every brain is exactly the same that where the veins and arteries and things are slightly different. And he has avoided getting into causing a brain bleed because the Lord would say, you need that, that spot is two millimeters to the left or whatever. And then he goes in, he learned to trust it and he, son of a gun. That's where the problem was. Doesn't cause additional problems. Is able to resolve what's going on, and it's just from a source that isn't right there in the technical manuals or medical school. So it's helpful. Use what you have, but also that God provides extra. So sometimes an image. This is where it's going to be. It might be over you know, to the left of that, so you get an idea of where that is. A surge of data or. Com- Comprehension becomes known. The Lord would just provide suddenly a bunch of information that is uh, not something you're going to read up on. It's something that comes from uh, that's about a person. This really is helpful with counseling and dealing with people just one on one to have the Lord provide information that's going on in their in their lives. If You've, you may have developed the ability to read people and, and then to be critical of them. You ever done that? That whole judgmental, you know, we're Christians and we're actually better than you thing? That happens. But that whole critical side of it is, oh, I see how you're dressed. So obviously you must be, and we have A, B, C, D, and we just, there you go. There's my summary. Let me just tell you, that is not from the Holy Spirit. So we've got a tendency to go, well, i got something in my mind about what this is. This is from the God of glory looking to develop people who are going to walk with him in righteousness. He wants to provide the information that we can have to help others. Remember, the gifts are given so that we can help others not be critical not be down on but to help others so it's healing it's going to move in the right direction there may be correction which says you know don't go that direction some of those things but this is this is going to come and it may as a a person receiving this i have no idea i just suddenly have this information and it's really Good not to tell the other person, oh yeah, by the way, God says, thus saith the Lord, let me tell you, because you don't know that for sure. And it's rude, overstepping. And then you've got to stand before the Lord and explain why you felt like you should say something like that. Actually, you just share it out of, a, out of humility and kindness, and you're trying to help another person understands something and you can share that and you can test it and you can you know I, I have a sense that have you ever experienced this because if it's an image or something or something that just plays out in front of your eyes and it applies to that person you share that with them and then you'll see their eyes go how do you know that um well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what was going on with you. <laughs> it's kind of not, well, God told me, and I'm, you know, from on high, and I'm just, 
just kind of help them. And the Lord provides information and insight, wisdom, so that you can redirect, help somebody walk with the Lord, understand, and, and turn away from the false gods, the false narratives, the false understanding of this world, false knowledge, and move in his direction, go his way. So this wisdom and knowledge is in order to help people and help them to know him. And just like Nathaniel, they hear about that for themselves, and they go, whoa, God had to do that. And then you can agree. Yeah, I think God did that. But not, hey, look at me. A little humble brag. Me, me and the Lord. We, here we get direct info here. I guarantee you, he'll cut it off right there. I won't hear from him no more. Anyway, he's providing information. It's a surge of data, comprehension. It just becomes known. He may reveal a path to follow. So there's just going to be the first step, second step, third step, but he doesn't reveal all of it at once. So that's wisdom. And particularly in a church setting, you go, okay, where do we need to go? Where, what ought we to do? You know, you, well, we need to develop a five-year plan, maybe. Or you listen to the Lord and he says, here's the next step. You don't know what's coming next. There's going to be this pandemic and then the economy is going to go down the tubes. Do you know that? Five years ago? Your five-year plan has just gone out the window. What if God can give you a heads up before all that happens? That's helpful. So, how do we do that? Well, we look at the path. What has he revealed? What has what he given us that we can, we can begin to listen to and follow? So he'll, he'll do that. So that's a discovery of the manifestation of wisdom and knowledge. Exercising the gifts of wisdom and knowledge. So... Listen to the promptings of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to do this, and He's going to do it in spiritual small groups. So you've, you've got a, a group of people, and it, in the church it may be hard if you have a whole bunch of people. In our case, we got you know, not that problem. So we can gather together. We can get people talking. So like small groups on Sunday morning, there's an opportunity to practice the Seeing, okay, what's the Holy Spirit prompting in me, through me, for this other person or for these other people? What is he saying? What is he revealing that I need to be listening to? And when we're walking, walking in the Holy Spirit, we're, we're following him, we're obedient to Jesus, we're, we're doing what he's asked us to do, then when we're in that group, we can practice those things and we can see that gift coming to us maybe the other person that day is going to have the manifestation will show up with someone else and they will share something with us like okay that's out of the blue and it's something they share something that wasn't actually they didn't think it through either they just showed up and all of a sudden they have an answer to an issue that i happen to be dealing with and God sent the message and the answer, the solution, through another person for me. Now, if I avoid getting together, which is what Hebrews 10 says, you know, don't avoid getting together like many do. Don't do that because this is where the Holy Spirit shows up to reveal himself and use these gifts in the lives of different people so when you get together, he can make this come alive. 
We also have to be willing to listen in case the manifestation comes through another person, not to us. So we have to listen to the Holy Spirit for them, but we also have to listen if the Holy Spirit's speaking to them, to me, and then that human thing comes up, you know, that don't tell me, who are you to tell me, you idiot, which we don't say because we're Christians. All of those things are going on, and God knows it. And he says, I want to reveal these things to you because I'll, I, I love you. I want to lift you out of the places where you're stuck in your humanity and lift you to a heavenly way of living and thinking and experiencing life in a whole new way. So he's going to work through that group of people to reveal those things. Listen to the promptings of the Spirit in spiritual small groups. A check for accuracy with humility and gentleness. If you're sharing something, that's, again, and don't do the, thus saith the Lord, but check for the accuracy of the thing that has been revealed. And if you do that, and you see that that person responds, or they come back to you in a week or two, and you go, and, they, and then they own it. And they go, you know what you said? That was just right on target. I thought you were an idiot, but man, no, you, you, that was it. Thanks. So it kind of helps you checking it out, but you're not coming down with a heavy hammer on, on their heads. You're just, this is what, you know, it seems like the Lord is saying, and you may be struggling with this, or are you hurting here? Or it sounds like God's got some great plans for you around the corner. I mean, there just may be a... Boy, something that he's, he's trying to reveal, and he's going to do that. But check for the accuracy to see if you're on track. And if you are, that helps you know, yeah, I heard from the Holy Spirit. That really was him. And I can, I can keep following through on those. I can trust it. I can trust me. I can trust him. And keep, keep practicing the gift. Uh, act on directions. And this is more of a personal side of this. Because the Holy Spirit's going to show up, God's going to guide and, and direct. And, and you may have experienced this just thinking back over time. This may, it may spark something in your thinking that you had a sense, I need to go and see someone, or I need to go to this place, or I'm driving this direction, a familiar route, I'm just doing my normal thing, and the Lord says, turn left at this next intersection, and you go that way, and you go, I'm not going to do it, because, you know, this is my normal route, and then you wind up in a huge accident, or you wind up missing out on whatever God had for you that would have been down the road to the left, but you have to practice. You have to practice listening, and he says, turn left, turn left. He said, go, go. He says, make a phone call, make a phone call, send an email, send an email. Speak up, shut up, whatever the direction is that he's, he's providing, and then practice doing that and responding to him so that you can check it out to see if that, that's the voice, that's the sense, that's the feeling, that's the guidance. And if you've had that happen, then you... You, and, and either you listened or you didn't, but either way you go, oh, that was it, because I didn't listen, I knew I should have turned, I knew I should have gone, and I didn't do it. And now things happened, and I can see that that was a bad decision. I should have turned there. That was a dumb thought at the moment, because that's a longer way. 
And yet God reveals himself down that road, and he's waiting for us to respond to him and, and just do it. And then we get better at it by practicing. Uh, increasing proficiency in the gifts benefits the church. So the more we do that, the more we practice, the more we listen, the more we're accurate in what we're hearing and the direction that we're going, the more God is going to reveal, and the more he reveals, the more beneficial we are we're going to be to the people around us because we can share more, they can share more with us, and all together the Holy Spirit is building us together in love and raising us up to become more and more like Christ, and he's working all of that through us. So exercising the gifts of wisdom and knowledge are part of this process. You may not have seen it happen. I mean, you may have, but you may not have. If not, it may be you just missed it, and now you'll be watching for it, so that's cool. And you're going to be walking with the Lord. Got to keep, you know, keep that focus, keep that relationship going, and the Holy Spirit will show up in, in a number of ways to do this. He is battling the gods of this world, the, the principalities and powers that exist. It's not all just a physical world. There's a spiritual reality around us. He's going to show up in these things and through these things and guide us. You wonder why it is that someone would just go down a road and start shooting in another car or jump out with a knife and stab somebody all in Tulsa this just last week. What motivates them to do that? Why would they go in and kill their entire family? What is it that's happening? And people ask them, and they go, I don't know. And some of them take their own lives. Where does that come from? They are listening to voices. They are being influenced by powers. And we pretend that that's not the issue. And God Almighty said, I'm trying to give you Power above all. Dagon cannot stand before the one true God. Those idols do not have a chance. They are speechless. And I am willing to speak to you, through you, for the good of all. If you will, listen and practice and follow me. He's making it available. The gifts exist for our good. And he's going to reveal these things uh, in numerous ways. And it's good because we're going to take on the evil that is in this world. You say, well, how can we do about it? Better politicians? Who are they listening to? It's not the politicians. It's the God of heaven. And we have access to him. Supernatural wisdom and knowledge. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. Let's pray. Father, thank you for caring enough to send the Holy Spirit to provide these gifts, uh, to work in such a way to heal and help and lift up and guide. Thank you for being part of our lives. Thank you for revealing yourself. Thank you for the scriptures that give us a clue as to what's going on. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to meet here this morning to dig into these things. And we pray, Lord, that you would be honored, you would be pleased, and, Lord, that in and through all of this you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.